What up, what up, guys? Amir Fazeli here from Adonis Athletics, where the strong belong. And uh, today's episode's off the back of a uh, uh, conversation uh, that uh, that went on on a Facebook group called the Personal Trainer Education and Upskill uh, Group. It's a pretty good group. Uh, if you guys aren't a member of it, if you don't know about it, I recommend you look into it and join up. Uh, a lot of like-minded people up there that basically uh, share information, share knowledge, and bounce ideas off of each other, which is always good. Um, so a question came up on there uh, by uh, uh, by a fellow lifter uh, and a friend of mine, Alex Hayes, uh, whose question was, basically he wanted to know what everybody's uh, favorite variation exercises were for the squat, bench press, and deadlift. Uh, obviously, he chooses variations specific to lifters' weaknesses, but he just wanted to see if anyone has any go-to choices for, for variations of the main lifts. And uh, my initial reply was that, uh, personally, I, um, I think that the variation work needs to be purely uh, individualized based on what's happening with the lifter, what's happening at the lift, the port, like segments, where the bar is uh, slowest, where it's starting to slow down, and uh, also having a good biomechanical understanding of what the lift is supposed to actually look like in regards to execution and setup. Because a lot of times, for example, uh, a problem in the lockout of a deadlift may seem like a lockout problem, so you know people might go ahead and uh, uh, start prescribing things like block pulls or, or whatever else. But really, the problem is is arising because the person's in a bad starting position off the ground, and if the starting position on a deadlift is bad, uh, it's it's always going to carry over and affect the lockout. So anyway, aside from that, my my answer to his questions was that I personally have never seen uh, pause squats and long pause bench presses not work for anyone, uh, and that's simply because of the nature of uh, raw lifting. So obviously, this is not for this is not for equipped lifting. This is more for uh, raw. Uh, lifting, which is vastly more popular at the moment, uh, and obviously because in those bottom positions or just out of the bottom of the, of the squat and the bench press, they are usually the most biomechanically disadvantaged positions uh, in terms of uh, levers and things like that for joints and muscles to work through. So by doing like by accentuating those particular areas being the bottom position where the most typical biomechanical disadvantages occur, naturally, you're probably going to induce uh, a fair bit of improvement uh, for the athlete. I, uh, I also went on to say that uh, when in doubt about what variations to pick, uh, I, act, I would always go for the actual lift instead of trying to go for a shotgun approach and sort of like guessing what variation work um, this person might need. Uh, and um, another good friend of mine, uh, he chimed in and, and asked a couple of questions, which I want to address here because, well, it's just, it's just easier to do it here. i got more time to do it in, in uh, over voice rather than sit down and type it. So... Uh, basically, in a nutshell, what what he said was, I'll read it out. 
I think it's uh, sort of a false dichotomy between um, more main lift work versus shotgun approach. You said there's typical sticking points in the raw lifts and that they are largely biomechanically determined. Example, getting out of the hole in a squat. Given that, what do you think of the following reasoning? Variations can specifically target areas to strengthen those weak points, sometimes better than the main lifts. Variations can help manage fatigue through load management and, and variety itself. I understand what he means there. Because a variation of a squat might be, for example, front squat. And by nature, front squats use less load than, than back squats because they're not going to be as strong. So that probably will mean that um, the, the total loading that's been imposed onto the system through front squats, it's going to be less than the squat. So the system doesn't get as stressed and he also said beginning with some limited variations to address the most common weak points is likely to carry over for most people i guess the overall questions are are there diminishing returns from main lift work and at what point how do you know when more main lift work versus more variation is better do repeated doses of the same lift necessitate changes to your loading to manage overall stress where using variation could uh, let you get more effective work out. Do the main lifts sufficiently train the movements to yield long-term pro progress without including variations? And finally, would accessory work uh, prescription have to change in the absence of variations of the lift to pick up any weak links? I hope you're with me so far. I'll try and uh, address those a little bit one by one from the top. So are there diminishing returns from main lift work and at what point? Yes, I think there are diminishing returns uh, with main lift work. I think to put my answer in context in regards to when I said, when in doubt uh, about what variations to pick, I always go for the actual lift rather than going for a shotgun approach. So this is obviously not supposed to be a long-term thing. So ju just because I'm in doubt of a variation work or somebody is in doubt of what variation work to do, that doesn't mean forever and ever they should just do more of the main lift. They should um, make an effort to try and find out what variation work needs to be done to address the particular weakness. But until such time that they find that out, it's better to do more of the lift than to just try and guess a variation work. And to go further to that uh, explanation of, of whether to, you know, in regards to picking the actual lift, what I would say is um, you would pick either the, the actual lift or you would try something like a pause squat or a long pause bench press uh, for a raw lifter. If something like a pause squat or raw a long pause uh, bench press doesn't work, then it, there's no point trying and trying and trying all these different variation work in the hopes that you will eventually hit one sort of thing. Uh, based on pure guess. There needs to be a reasoning, a clear reasoning about why you're picking the variation work. That's, that's how I think of it. And when you're in doubt, until such time that you're not in doubt, until you pick it up, either you ask somebody else's opinion or you do your research or whatever it may be, you're, you're going to get more out of training for that person or for yourself doing the actual lift in more volume than you would trying to just uh, hit and miss with some variation work that may not do the trick at all. Uh, there are many, many reasons behind it, you know, specificity being one of them and just more exposure to volume and stuff like that is another. 
but also I can tell you from real life examples. For example, um, for for about uh, one and a half, two years, my deadlift didn't move, wasn't moving. And I tried everything. I tried literally everything to try to get this thing to, to go up. Um, or at least I thought I had tried everything. And it just wouldn't budge. Until such time that I decided all I'm going to do is just deadlift more and do it for more volume. That is the only time my deadlift started to budge again. And not only did it budge, it actually started moving very fast again. Uh, and started to make progress in leaps and bounds. So to give you an idea, I was stuck at about 285 kilos. And when I decided to really push it and do more and more, I became uh, the first person in, in powerlifting Australia's history at any body weight under 93 to deadlift 300 kilos. And I was under 83 kilos at that time. And ever since then, I've applied the same, same principle uh, with great success. So going back to it, I think it's important to understand that when I say that, it's supposed to be for the short term until you sort of figure it out. Because yes, there's going to be diminishing returns from main lift work all the time. And that's going to come as um, as a lifter, um, as a lifter really starts to get stuck at a certain point. So I don't think it will come so much with a particular sort of experience level. I think, um, I think it's more related to how bad the, the sticking point is. Uh, in regards to the weaknesses that are that are not being addressed to be able to sort that out uh, on to the second point uh, do repeated doses of the same lift necessitate changes to your loading to manage overall stress yes absolutely so uh, you know if you're if you're doing say for example six overall sets at an average intensity of eighty percent. 85% on one day for your, your deadlifts and you're going to do deadlifts again on, on another day of the week, you couldn't do the same thing, six sets, five, six sets of average of 80 to 85%. You would surely break down and burn out. So you would have to uh, alter that in, in some way, depending on the person's ability to recover and be able to continue. And uh, that will purely depend on the person. So as a general rule, yeah, it'll probably be about 10 to 15% lower in intensity for that session. And uh, the sets, the total number of sets might be lower by uh, anywhere between 20% less to 40% less. It just depends. Um, I think that's, that's absolutely important. You couldn't do back to back. You know, you couldn't repeat the same, especially as somebody is stronger if a lifter is stronger or if, the, if a lifter is uh, more experienced, it couldn't be, it couldn't be done and, and be done successfully uh, for a long period of time. Somebody who was more uh, of a beginner or somebody who was not as strong, yeah, you could get away with maybe doing two, uh, you know, both the sessions or, you know, all the, all the sessions in the squad or, or bench press or whatever it may be uh, at roughly the same volume, at roughly the same intensity and be able to get away with it for a period of time. Do the main lift sufficiently train the movement to yield long-term progress without including variations? Yes, up to a certain point, I think they do. Uh, after which, certain muscle groups just tend to get stronger through that range of motion because of leverages and stuff like that. And certain muscle groups just will naturally tend to lag. Uh, if 
a person is coming from, in my experience, if a person is coming from a pretty solid, uh, you know, bodybuilding slash muscle building um, sort of background, where they've already spent a, a good couple of years in the gym just doing general bodybuilding work and have and have hit a wide range of exercises and have therefore, because of that, developed a, a, a big range or a solid base of hypertrophy, this will probably happen later and later. They'll be able to go longer and longer doing the main lifts to be able to uh, make progress on them in a, in a longer term without having to include variations. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't include variations where it's necessary earlier on. I'm just saying they will probably be able to go on for longer. Um, and finally, would accessory work prescription have to change in the absence of variations of the lift to pick uh, pick up any weaklings? And the answer to that is yes, absolutely, in, in my opinion, because uh, the variation work is is there to address a, a, a weak point or where the bar is maybe slowing down or where form is maybe breaking down. And it's it's a more specific version of doing that. You'll also need to figure out where you are, um, uh, where you're breaking down. What is what is the cause of it, as far as like uh, uh, muscle groups are concerned? So, um, for example, in a deadlift, in a deadlift, um, in a deadlift lockout, if especially if it's more near the top. If somebody's struggling at that point, chances are it's due to uh, some degree of uh, spine erector weakness. So even if they just do deadlifts and no other version of the deadlift, then yes, there would need to be uh, accessory work uh, included in that in that person's training program in the form of 45 degree back extensions or good mornings or safety bar good mornings and things like that to bring up the spine erectors and help the deadlift. Uh, and I hope that answers it. So that see, this is why I, I didn't type it up, and I decided to do a voice recording instead. So if I left anything unanswered, will let me know, and I'll try to address those as well. Otherwise, good discussion. <laughs>